Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Introducing the greatest animated series you've never seen, Lightning Dogs. These canine commandos are lost on a post-apocalyptic Earth and battling the forces of the evil Glampire. It's a tribute to the cartoons and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, and Nerdy Show is hell-bent on bringing it to life. Blood sold separately. Join us as we document our quest from the moment lightning struck to every world-building session and beyond and make our crazy dream a reality. Roll with the pack at lightningdogs.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. It contains content that might not be suitable for all ages, and listener discretion is advised. All Nerdy Show podcasts are made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Discover the many ways you can join in at nerdyshow.com. You guys want to do a podcast? Let's do yep. a podcast. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to use these in anger. <laughs> <laughs> Your GM, they should never be used in anger. The GM dies. Their power is too great to be used in anger. All right, welcome back to RPG from Scratch. We're on another design episode. We're getting high on life and death Meth. and undeath. <laughs> we got a bunch of shit to figure out. I, we talked about tracking time uh-huh. before. I, I kind of want to get into this. Uh, I think the idea of tracking time may seem tedious to other people. It does to me. Right. It seems tedious in my real life. But <laughs> if we create advantages for having done it, uh-huh. that's different, right? Especially because like there might be holidays and shit that matter. Yeah, you you already when we were talking about calendars and having it be like a different set thing than what we're used to now, and trying to reinvent the fucking wheel on 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 now to, yep. on on the calendar year yep. was already making my head spin. So now it's like, all right, let's break it down. Do we really need an hour, or could it be a quiblon? Dude, I like quiblon. Look how Julius Caesar changed the calendar from the system beforehand. I'm not Julius Caesar. <laughs> I'm just saying, Doug. It'll blow your mind the amount of work that that motherfucker did. He did it from yeah. scraps in a cave. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did it in Rome, and he was a religious figure. But whatever, and dead. part of his right. ju- part of the first elected office he got into was being in charge of the calendar. And then it was after he defeated the Gauls and did two civil wars. He was like, "My first act is going to be to make sure that this position I have holds no importance anymore. We're not going to have to manually insert days for the year all the time." So okay, well, actually, then then another thing I wanted to bring up before we get into that is. We should think of our game as a bunch of modular pieces. The, like all the systems are modular. You can add and subtract them. So for instance, momentum is you could remove momentum from our game and mm. mechanically it still works. You just have to find a different method of progression and you don't necessarily need it to use it for augmentation of your roles. Or, God, you, could, why, or, or you, you could just say, yeah, if you just say, oh, you can't spend it on a roll, but it still tracks for experience. Right. But So so momentum is modular in the sense that you could completely remove it and, and move to an XP-based system yeah. or whatever, a milestone system. Yeah. The combat system could act this way. You could say, instead, if you don't want to get that deep into it, you could just use uh, 
success mechanics, like number of successes, uh-huh. like uh, the old world of darkness and stuff. And alchemy, take it or leave it. Like yeah. you can you can completely leave it out of your game. I'll take it, please. And rituals, th- same rituals, yep. crafting. The calendar, I think, is one of those things. But I do think it's important for world building because it creates a sense of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That if we follow will give us a lot of touchstones to you keep moving forward, especially when we start talking about crafting. So we've already decided that alchemy works on a cooldown, mm-hmm. right? Before you can attempt to do another thing, you know, it'll take however, however long. I think ma- magic should work that way as well. So I think tracking dates, we should make it as easy as possible. And I don't, I don't think, and you may disagree, I want to hear disagreements. I don't think that our current calendar and mirroring what we do on Earth exactly, like with our 12-month structure mm-hmm. and sometimes 30-day months, is the best system to help these players. Nope. I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see how it makes it more difficult. It makes it, it more, if, it makes it more difficult because they'll say, well, how many, like, we're going to, if we rename months, because why would they be called sure, August sure, of course, if, of if course, Augustus yeah. is not there? Yeah. Why are, is one month 28 and then another one 31 and then 30? Why it, don't we just say every, every, every month is, is 30 days, period, end of story? We could. We could do that. Yeah. Instead of doing four 90-day months, we could do 12 30-day months. Yeah. What's our rotation? Oh, no. We already had this discussion. Yes. So, and then we and we divided, and then we also said that the days that we would we even got a number for them based on that amount, and then there were four extra days, which were yep. the solstices and the and, equinoxes. And the equinoxes. Yes, yeah. that's that's the framework that I'm, I wanted yes. to have this discussion in. Yeah. But yeah, so so the question is, we could do that. We could split them up into months of thirty days, or we could do ten day weeks, nine weeks a month, and then between every month there is one day that stands on its own. All right, but how long is a month? Ninety days. 90 days? Yep, four months. No. Each one mirrors Don't a season. Don't call them a month, then. <laughs> We're call not... them a season. Yeah, well, we can call them seasons. Yeah. Each season lasts 90 days. Yeah. That, that, the only thing I don't want to do, like, the difference between a, a nine-day week and a seven-day week, not that huge, a 90-day month and a 30-day month is, that becomes, like, sure. and because month is a word you know and use in your everyday yeah, life. Yeah, it would be don't, very confusing. To don't play, mess with sure, it too much. Sure. So if you just even call them seasons, yeah. good. And then they could be three months in every season. We could do that. I think that adds complexity if we have three in every season. Because, okay, so we give them a calendar so they can track their alchemy, their uh-huh. magic, their their blacksmithing that yes. we've all decided work on time cooldowns. Uh-huh. Okay. Ten day weeks, uh-huh. nine weeks long. Okay. Creates almost a square, which is just easier to use. Yes. If you have that calendar in there. But also, you which can we sub- will. Also, subdivide it into months so that if you need to use a smaller fraction, you wouldn't say a number of weeks, you could say month, and everyone around the table will know that a month is 30 days because that totally makes sense to us even now. But, but you're that, like, it takes you a month to get there. You know what a month is. Sure. You say if it takes 30 days, a, a it's fine too. But like, yeah, you could just also add those extra subdivisions, not make it any more difficult, but you could always refer to everything in the rules by a number of days. Yeah. But is that easier or does that add complexity i think it adds if, if, we, if we subdivide I, we add complexity it, i don't think it's adding I, complexity. I don't think it's add or it, subtracting it, complexity yeah. it's just it's just another it's just mm-hmm. extra nomenclature that's that like you saying, already know yeah that's like saying sunrise sunset and noon well why don't we just call them something else it's like well or you could just say it's sunrise sunset and noon it's like a week is a week is a week a month is a month is a month i mean but, but if you but if, the, but if the standard unit of measurement is like the season is what's important then mm-hmm. fine but if you say yeah if you just say oh it's gonna take us 30 days oh you mean a month 
you could just say a month and everybody automatically knows what it is. That's true. If we want to stick with 30 instead of 90, I'm, I'm not. Oh, I'm, I'm no, saying no. keep the season be, There should be yeah. totally 90-day seasons. And you could easily, in fact, different cultures could be like, some of them would refer to them by seasons only. Or like, um, like one of my favorite facts is that when you refer to a year, if you were in Rome in Roman times, the way they write it down, they refer to it by who was council yeah. that year. Yep. They never referred to it by the number. Or, that didn't make any sense to them. Console. Yeah, who's, right, yeah, yeah. Who, who the two consuls were. That's very interesting to me. So you could have people who work, like, the Aganotian Empire probably would work on a monthly system because you would have to have rent due. You wouldn't do it quarterly. You'd want it, no, you'd want right. it, you'd want it more, yeah, it would just, there, it's, it's, a good it's point. broken down for that reason. That's a good point. But if you're just an agrarian society who doesn't have real taxes or yeah. the taxes are purely ingrained, well, it would be... Seasonal, not to mention or weekly, a we, ten day week. Yeah. That's different, right? And not not to mention a monthly cycle is important because of the moon and female bits. Yes. Um. So so I wanted to get into that next. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 leave the moon off of it for the moment. It's unless twenty eight day cycle. Yeah, and until we get ready to uh, incorporate some of that. So I'm down with with making four seasons, and we can just well seasons. Let's not change the names of winter, spring, summer, fall. I mean, yeah. I think that's. That's fine. We could change their name. They would mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. Did we not already? No, we did not. Okay. I think more importantly than naming the months right now, we need the names of the days between the months. So these days okay. stand on their own. So the days between the seasons, the solstices, yes. the equinoxes. Let's name them after different shit, right? Like, so let's name one after a god, right? Like a god who brings whatever. Rebirth, new year, like what is considered the new year? Yeah, let's let's go New Year, which is what yeah. December twenty first is. Am I am I wrong about that? The solstices and the equinoxes. Hold on. I was thinking in terms of if you want to name the solstices and equinox, I'm sure you, you could do something like first light, last light. Uh, be long, a long, 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 long night, day. Yeah, long day, long night. Because uh, it's, it's if it's the long day of the year, everyone knows what the fuck that means. If you say it's the long night, I want. But I want to bring it back to to religion as mm-hmm. much as possible because it would probably that help would religious. Be the basis for yeah. <laughs> So I, I would like the idea of like the beginning of the new year is like oh whatever gods like god of rebirth that everyone kind of exists but no one really wor-. like there could even be gods that exist that everyone know that are forces but no one worships them because they only have a day they wouldn't be something you would worship for the, mm-hmm. the rest of the year but almost across all cultures like they're Santa like Claus. yeah but they're like this day is his day everywhere Th- that's what I yeah that if you if you pick a hero for yeah. one of these. It makes sense because of an event, and it wouldn't. Yeah, and it wouldn't be someone you'd worship all throughout the year. It yeah. wouldn't make sense for yeah. him to be your 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 number Saint one Patrick's Day. Yeah, your number one deity. But on this day, everyone around the world goes. Well, that's his day. He did a great thing on this yeah. day. Like this is his day, and it marks the beginning of our year. Like it's a it's a new day. He came back, or he's a new guy, or mm-hmm. or he started this era. Okay, so the let's do let's start with the longest day of the year. So when the night is the shortest, mm-hmm. right? And the could it be the four original practitioners of magic for the longest day? Like maybe they stopped the sun, like because uh, we like say Je- magic, Jehovah uh, yeah. uh, fire Jericho. decay radiance. Yeah, because magic ice? came five hundred years ago, right? No, like uh, two thousand years ago, I think. Okay, yeah, the ritual magic came like. Okay, I don't remember exactly, but like body personal magic came we, like five hundred years ago. So yeah. I'm saying maybe they were. The was that the doom? Was that the time of the doom? No, no, doom was like 175 okay. years ago. So maybe they were the first yeah. X Men, the so, first class yeah. or whatever. So if the longest day was the dude or fire or, or woman who said, 
I'm well, going like, to stop the sun in the sky. Or like, or like a Prometheus time. figure. Yeah. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, where it, it is it is a god, I, but I, brought brought the light. This actually this actually kind of works surprisingly well, because it would be the, the longest day is fire, the shortest day is ice, and then the two balanced days are life and death. That could be cool. Radiance and decay. That's not bad. I was mm-hmm. thinking the longest night we could attribute to the black moon in some way. Certainly the Ashwin thinks so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's fine to mix cultures that's what i that, yeah so so I, I, I didn't preface this what, what i want to go with is if we look at our week and why each day yes in in, in reality is named what it is we see a mix of cultures yeah. same, same with our gregorian calendar i kind of want to do a little bit of that so that this world has history and length mm-hmm. so how about um, I, I do also want to discuss the starting years for different cultures would be interesting yeah well we know that we know that Harad goes back the furthest yeah mm-hmm. wait until Eshwin New Year for this shit to go down yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. well, or not, not even different New Year's but like the guff might be when they established their actual civilization rather than whatever they were doing so the winter solstice let's start with the darkness right uh-huh. we didn't we never named the black moon I thought we had the brothers yeah, no, we, we, had we, we said that they were we didn't name the moons we named the brothers okay that episode. okay the Akinosian brothers. So let's. Um, what's what's the black? What were the black and white moons' names? Yin and Yang. No. Wow, that's very original. <laughs> let's do something like. Uh, Do you guys ever see the fountain? Mm-hmm. Yes. They talk about the Mayan, Incan, right? Incan, not the Mayan. I don't remember. It's Incan or Mayan culture having Shibalba as being this area in the sky. And it was. A, they didn't know it was a uh, a nebula. They didn't understand any of those terms, but that was their what they decided where their afterlife was. I think you're thinking Saboba the pod racer. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, they were really into pod racing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, his fucking... Incans were really into pod racing, I believe. Now, this is pod racing. No, this is podcasting. Did anyone oh. see in the extended version of episode one where the where Odum and Drell dies, but like in the extended version, his whole family's there? Yeah. What, come again? I didn't realize that till the last time I watched episode one. Oh, you mean one of the pod racers that died? They, yeah, one of the, the guy who dies in the cave. Uh huh. One of the deleted scenes they, they, that's in the extended version is his family's there. He has three kids and like his wife just got out of the hospital. And I was like, I'm so <laughs> glad you took this out of the movie. Don't they like call it, it out? Just, yeah. It made it way sadder. Yeah. They're like, oh, his family's George. here. His yeah, it's like, uh, and she just got out of the hospital with her third child. Yeah. And you're like, I thought that would have killed in the theater. I thought it would have been hilarious. Oh, no, it's so bad. So how do we feel about Zerusha with an X? All right. Cool. For the black moon? Fine. All right, what's the what's the white moon? Uh, uh Chad. <laughs> they have to both be female for the for the moon worshippers because they're Chad-ette. sisters. Uh-huh. And also because the white moon corresponds closer to female reproductive yes. cycles. Asha. And that's mm. good, but that's already a character in the Game of Thrones books. Yes. Asha? Okay. Yeah. And that, uh, that's and, that's Theon's sister. And I'm pretty sure yeah. Asha is is a god? I like something with A though. A fiend. All right. A P H E N E. Sounds Afin. good. Afin. Afin and Jerusha. Okay. All right. So the winter solstice, because there's a black moon, something with, with her, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the moon risers believe that she is the library, right? Like that's yes. where things go. So maybe something like um, Libraries Day Librarian. When you organize the Dewey Decimal System, <laughs> something something your, your, related your, to that your your due date for your book, yeah. <laughs> return date. So what is what do you do at a library when it's long? 
You look up porn on their computer. Mm-hmm. I've never done that. It seems so rude. It is rude. You also don't make porn at their computers. You can film it in the back, but you don't make it on the yeah. computers. You would say like a study session. Um, sure. Something with archiving. Oh, that'd be nice. Like it, it's a data to defrag. Get your shit in order. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's for the longest night. Yeah. Maybe because you can't go outside, so get your shit together. Yeah. Kind of like a cleaning. Yeah, but organizing. Yeah. Organizing. Yeah. So like kind of. Or dead. even or even just like taking stock. Yeah. It's taking mm-hmm. stock because it's you got to figure out you got to make it you you basically made it through the worst part of the winter. Yeah. If you well, make this, it you're this at, the, you're at the halfway point. Yeah. 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 So it's like take stock of what you got plan ahead and take notes for when the next season comes around for next year what did you go through like it's it's about being smart about surviving settling accounts kind of thing like could be yeah yeah the jewish holiday the atonement or whatever they're just like we had a problem now it's over yeah not reclamation but i um oh hell accountant's day <laughs> no <laughs> i know i know it's terrible we could say it's uh like she's watching you you know like the evaluation or something like that kind of thing where she's like making sure she's looking down on you she's taking her time going across the sky so it's like yeah everybody clean this place up it's like like it, it's more correct to be like you can call it zarusha's inventory but that sounds that's too yeah. that's not fun enough yeah no. the idea that the, the big the, the, the spooky dark moon is going to hang around for a while so get your shit together because it could be bad if you're if you're caught out in the cold what about an eye opening Something like that, like where where she's going to be watching you. Evaluation. Rex Manning Day. What do you call it when you have an evaluation at work? Exactly what you just said. A work evaluation? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that would maybe be another fancy word 90-day eval? Yeah, I guess so. What do you call the person, what do you call them going to go do it? Like them, like the path they take. Patrol? Your route? Your, uh... That could be cool, like patrol. Oh, inspection? Inspection's good. I like that. But I was thinking like... So patrol, I think, is good because it's audit. like audit. I like audit. I like audit too. It, it, so, so you'd be like, uh, you'd call it black eye audit or something Ooh. like that. See, that sounds spoopy. I like it. Yeah, the black eye audit. What about the black audit? Just the black audit. Yeah, but it's not something somebody does to you. It's just like, yeah, yeah we're preparing for the black audit. Like you know. All right, winter solstice. All right, so summer solstice. By the way, now we're already fucking this up because. None of these happen between seasons. Million years in the we'll future. We'll just move the seasons. No, I'm not moving. What are you, crazy? No, no, I mean, like, <laughs> we'll just call winter the beginning part of the cold winter. Or I guess, I don't know, we can rename them. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, no, nobody really. Just us. Yeah. All right, summer solstice. It's the longest day. Is it attributed to the sun, or is it attributed to somebody who brought fire magic? Like, you know, something like that. Somebody who brings light. What's the benefit of the longest day? Tannin's outburst. You can work uh, longer. You know who I think would really appreciate it? The rod. Yeah. Long day would work well for them. Maybe so the what, basking. Their their Ooh. their first king. Name it after their their first true king. Maybe. Yeah. I like the basking though. Yeah. Yeah. Just you you go outside, you just soak up that yeah. solar energy. Mm-hmm. You mingle. Yeah. The recharging the I like the basking. Yeah. You just want to do it. Let, yeah. Settle. Let's just do the basking. basking. It's I and I am I imagine it as like the Harad's July Fourth. It's the beginning. It marks the the day. It's, it's how we, that's how we celebrate. Yeah, it. we the, we go outside and we just yeah, <laughs> just hang out, yeah, cook food, and uh, yeah. chill. And it's but it's for, yeah, and it's just it's the commemoration of the founding of the the mm-hmm. the first Harad dynasty. 
It's the day we break so the So name the first king and just call it blah, blah, blah's basking. So they call it the vernal and autumnal equinox. I'm just going to call them the spring and fall. Okay. Because, <laughs> yeah. Why are you being so fancy? We don't say autumn. I do sometimes. No, you don't. When I'm trying to be fancy. Oh, okay. Okay. So spring equinox, the days are equidistant. Mm-hmm. Or that they're, they're equally long as nights. I feel like both of these have to be very opposed and should be related to the same thing. These are these are these are two days of balance Maybe between two, two things. Two opposed heroes. Yeah. Was it the rabbit and the duck? Remember that? Yeah. From um, from Liam's campaign. Yes. Well, that, I don't remember. There was <laughs> the rabbit and the duck. Were there was a great hero? There's a rabbit who was a trickster, and then... Oh, I remember. Okay, now I remember. And then, yeah. then Cap as Chucky was saying, no, I think the duck is the hero of that story. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could do it like that. Like, yes. Uh, I don't want to call it, like, the hopping. Let's do... <laughs> <laughs> the quackening. Mm. Well, what is... Um, do we even have rabbit and ducks anymore? No, but we could call this one Drakewing for the fall equinox. Drakewing and the rabbit uh, for spring. What Something spring-related, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Easter. With rabbits, yeah, you know, shagging, fucking a lot. Um, the Earth flowering bad, could be yeah. like the flowering if everything's in bloom, and but it needs to know. be related to the rabbit. I think if we're gonna mm-hmm. make these opposed heroes, right? Mm-hmm. So we got Drake Wing. What was the rabbit good? He was a trick. He was a trickster, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it could be like an April Fool's, which is spring. You yeah, know? yeah. mischievous, but yeah, full of life. What would jest something jester? Jack's jest. Oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> what was his name? Bugs Bunny. Fuzzy Wuzzy. <laughs> he was a bear. We could make it we could, instead of instead of bugs, it could be bags. All right, and you call it false bags, and you just give somebody a bag, and they think it's one thing, and it's something else. I don't know, but it but it's still it's, pleasant. Like yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a good humor. Like, like, for Agnes's ashes, you walk into town with that bag and say, "Hey, uh, who wants to see what I got in my bag? Who wants to see? Let's pay some money. See what's in the bag. You open up, and it's like ah, it's a false bag. There's a gross worm in there. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Are we cool? false bags? Anybody yeah, mm-hmm. have? Uh, it's like nope. a, all right. This is, this is the yet natural evolution that devolves. It started with Kinder eggs, and then it yeah. goes into the distant future. Exactly. And it's like, what's in the bag? You, we're gonna have the unbagging. All right. You know, thank you all for coming to my false bag unbagging. Bag? I don't know what's in the bag. Let's open up and find out. It's a turd. Okay, that was a bad one. Let's try the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. The continuity is preserved if yeah. you do that. Yeah. It's so so we've pox. got winter solstice, summer solstice are the black audit and the basking, and then spring equinox, false bags, fall equinox, drake wing. Mm-hmm. This is the idea of what's in the bag. Right. It's just it's this whole April so I think, Fool's. I think, I think the the Drake Wing, the Duck Hero, the Crex Hero that opposed the Rabbit. He was probably a class more classical hero of just straight up action, mm-hmm. doing what they do. Whereas the Rabbit is a trickster. Yeah, you got to have the no nonsense guy fighting yeah. the, the the trickster. Yeah, where you do noble shit. Yeah, on Drake or Wing. just pre- like prepping for winter. Yeah, well, probably like you tie up loose ends. Yeah, not not in the audit sense of, uh, but of being like you bury the hatchet between issues and you you give gifts probably and and, and I, anything. Yeah, you... I like I like the idea of you bury hatchets so that if if you happen to stump like if you're out in winter and it gets bad you you have already buried all yeah, your get rid of your grudge exactly. you've already gotten rid of your grudges so if you show up you're like it's cold out can I stay here they go yeah we are we we settled it's like the end of Nyal's saga yeah we've settled so, everything having, having a holiday that's all about getting rid of grudges or uh or settling feuds is pretty interesting because yeah. it, it, it's balance it's restoring a balance it's before the oh, dark man. plunge well the whole thing is the before the black audit really yeah. like, did you do your due diligence yeah. before on, on that day did you yeah. yeah on that day did you well even even and the whole thing is the bags present thing is like about being mischievous and kind of tongue-in-cheek 
and this even you make you, up for it. Yeah, this is like you took that joke like, a little too far. Yeah. No, that's no, that's great. That's great. And the idea because, like you say, it's if you're during the black audit, you're caught out in the snow. Yeah, you go knocking on someone's door, and it happens to be the person you didn't make up to. You're they're like. Now you come to me on during the black audit seeking my you know seeking my shelter. You come to me on my day of the black audit. <laughs> you got an electric kettle for Christmas? It's, it takes three minutes to get boiling water. Yeah, it is. those this shit's pretty dope. It is a morning game changer. Damn, it, I have two pieces of bacon and a cup of tea, and it just my, like sets me for the day. Because I because when I was sick, I started getting into tea, so I was trying different kinds. Because John and Crystal have a whole bunch of kinds. Like help uh-huh. yourself to anything you want. And I'm like, you got like eight different kinds of teas. I'm going to try them all because I don't give a shit. Very. And um, uh, the one thing I've realized about all tea. I don't think any of it is potent enough. Like I need, <laughs> like, like this just tastes like, like, like you sneezed in my water with something, you know, like, like it's this peppermint tea. I'm like, oh, peppermint. I'm like, there's hardly any peppermint in here. Did, did you? Irish, Irish breakfast, breakfast tea. tea. Tastes like dirt. It's awesome. Let's name some days. All Have, right. Are we ending? Ending it by saying day. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Should it's we, a good convention. Let's keep it up. Somebody's day. Are we going more for that convention? Like Thor's day. Yes. Okay. So, well, how about let's just make some sounds and end them with day. Cool. And then we can decide what those sounds mean later. I like it. So how about Gill Day? I almost like the 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 first day just being called first day. It's too many. It's it's too hard to say. Be like, I'll see you on first day instead of first day of what? How about fur day? Fur day. F I R. Fear day. Fear day. Fear day. It's just a shortening of first day. It's first day of the week. It's fear day. Like it. Fur day. Monday was just called fuck. Mondays. Someone's got a case of the fucks. (laughs) I wish Uh, you could buy it by the case. Uh, Let's okay, and I I think day two. Let's do Gill Day. G I L D A Y. So fur day, Gill Day. Let's do Mupps Day. Mupps Day. No, that's that's too too muppety. Yeah, it's muppety. If it's the middle of the week, maybe like mid, like not mid. It's not. We're not five. We're we're not even close to mid. Fups Day. Uh, Sal day. Oh yeah, because we're doing a ten. I like thing. Sal day. Sal day. Sal day. Mm-hmm. How about like uh, Rids day? Rids day. I like that. Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Quatu. Quatu. Well, the problem with Qua is it makes makes people yes. think of four. Payday sounds nice. Payday, huh? <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> we could have we could have a, a an Aki day, something like that. Well, no, it'd be Dyron's day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, let's have the final day be Dyron's day. I just gotta make it to Tyron's Day. Uh, I swear, I swear. Look, I, I know, I know. Uh, I didn't uh, settle my debts on what what's his face's day on the Duck Day. But before I get to the Black Audit, just wait till Tyron's yeah. Day. I swear, I'm gonna get it to you. <laughs> That's 180 days from now. <laughs> Mill Day. Actually, 182. All right, yeah. Uh, so day 10 is Tyron's Day, but it does kind of sound like Duran's Day. I'm okay with that. Duran's Day. Yeah, Duran's Day is uh, the Hobbit. Mill so we day. got Fair Day. Gill Day, Sal Day, Rids Day. Mill Day. Like, maybe that one's literal? Like, it's for working? Because it's middle of the week. I would. I was also just thinking, like, short of middle. And then you don't... But you don't want to say midday, because that's yeah. a yeah. thing. But also, like, hey... Mill Day. Do your work at the mill today. Yeah. Grind some grist. So, so what are all the ones we have so far? Fur Day, Gill Day, Sal Day, Rids Day, Mill Day. What about Zint's Day? And Dyron's Day, which is the 10th. Yeah. I was going to say Trust Day, like T-R-U-S-S. Trust day. That so a truss is a physical object, right? But it sounded nice. <laughs> about Tuesday, Tuesday. Uh, it sounds like Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, I'm thinking Zint. Let's let's expand our. It's like we're gonna go to Ruby Tuesday. How about, how about Tunsday? T U N. Tun Tunsday. 
I like tones day. Yeah, we're sticking around the same letters, like because um, some of them are too long or like yeah. they aren't Strings. a single syllable. Yeah, they aren't mm-hmm. easily easily syllabic. I'm, I'm with you though, Max. What, yeah. we haven't used a G. Yeah, we did. We, we used Gilday. Yeah, Gilday. In... We have ten letters, so it's tougher. Yeah, yeah. that's the problem. Wait, what, Zim's day or uh... <laughs> no? Fuck off with your Z shit. Yawn's day. Yawn's day. Instead of yawn, how about your your day? Nah. Like Y E R, yours day. Yours day. It sounds like your, your day. day no, I, I, no, I think if you had the S, it's no longer like your yours. day. Like, but yours, yours day. day. I don't like it with the S. <laughs> Yin. Like like kids. Yin's day. Each other. Yin day. Gig. Yin day. Gig. Yin day. I like. Yin day. Yin day. Hyundai. Hyundai. <laughs> we'll do Hyundai. That'll be next. So Yin day. Yep. Yin day. Hyundai. Day seven. Val day. Uh, we haven't used O, and we're on the eighth. Oms. Oms day. Ohm's Day. I like Ohm's Day. Ohm's Day. And I was thinking about uh, Valde. Valde. Sounds like a Latin word. Mm -hmm. Yes. Ipse Valde. So we have 10. We got 10 now, yeah. Here's our week. Fur Day, Gil Day, Sal Day, Rids Day, Mill Day, Tons Day, Yin Day, Ohm's Day, Valde, Dyron's Day. I know we're kind of getting in the weeds a bit here, but uh, I... I, I think stu- little stuff like this helps us build forward. So I, I, I like that we established this. So I apologize to everybody who is super bored by thinking about calendars. Like talking gibberish about calendars. <laughs> if making a calendar doesn't excite you, then I just don't know who you are. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> Up next, periodic tables. This is what I do at home by myself. All right. So. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's just the same. It's the same periodic table. We name them different things. But, but it's that cool Star Wars one. God, fuck you. <laughs> There are a bunch of elements that they don't have because they haven't discovered them again. Yeah. It's six. Six <laughs> elements. We've got The rock. full periodic table. <laughs> We've got rock, metal, air, water. Fire, fire and double fire. Yeah. Double Turns fire. out you double don't need fire. Ma- That's just radiation. <laughs> yeah, yeah but I say it's like hey. the, the make me sick thing. Like, Turns out when magic works, you don't need a lot of science. <laughs> Let's populate our world with fauna. All right. All right. So we've done some of this already. Um in the beasts of burden category, we've got dillos and we've got those lizards that I never named, uh-huh. right? That pull carts and probably mm-hmm. plow fields and whatever. Beasts you would of use burden. Them. Yeah, beasts of burden. But I was thinking, let's add a bug. Mm-hmm. Let's add a bug to that. We'll have three. We've got the dillo, we've got the lizards, we've got the bugs. So what 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 kind of bug is this? I mean, obviously, the most work-centric bugs that we can think of are ants and dung beetles, mm-hmm. where they just truck they just move yeah. forward so maybe some kind of beetle I yeah feel like. rhinoceros beetles are always good yeah they and they're just like they dope looking stuff. yeah so let's name those lizards what do you think the lizards are called um i, I said they were kind of like thorny devils right like yeah. they, they're desert garsh centric garsh done what about colloquial like called thorny devils mm-hmm. oh you got a thorny devil there <laughs> yeah he was looking more pissed off than a guff riding a garsh i tell you what <laughs> I don't know why, but I love that. Don't give me no garsh, you guff. <laughs> you got a garsh look about you. God, like that's so that's good. Don't no, like solid. Always oh, as playful as a dillo. He's hanging out. He's as calm as a dillo in a mud bath. I'll tell you that. Oh, right I now. love that. Yeah, calm as a dillo in a fine mist. All right. What about the beetles? Renatra fusca would be cool too. The water bugs, the ones that walk under the yeah. surface. Yeah, but you wouldn't. You couldn't ride plow that shit. a field with it. <laughs> I was thinking or for pull a cart, right? Water culture, you could. Yeah, that could be cool. I, I'm just trying to think of like underground. They're they they're being like, okay, you dig, yeah, and you'll get a treat. 
you know, you pull this thing, you'll get a treat. Uh, the rhinoceros Earthworms. beetle, because if you like, if you saddled a rhinoceros beetle that was really big, you you'd feel pretty pretty safe on that thing. But they you'd look, might you'd look a... like somebody riding a cow, yeah. so it'd be strange. But with, a, but with all the, the but like, like or like a rhino, like a, with a yeah. horn up front, you know, like you. you well, could... but it needs to. So the horn on front actually harms the idea, unless we think of it's much shorter and it's used for digging or yeah. plowing or something yeah. like that, right? So something almost mm-hmm. like rhinoceros length instead of rhinoceros yeah. beetle, when it's yeah. giant things sticking off their face yeah 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 could almost be like a siege creature that you just i like ants how about skicked we'll call them skicked cool all right all right skicked and they look like uh, a large beetle if somebody wants to draw art they can with, with the work ethic of an ant they love treats more so than the dillos and i was thinking tortoises for yeah. whatever we have the giant tortoises too right the, the big uh tarasque sized tortoises mm-hmm. yeah let's leave tortoises off of beast of burden use it for other shit later so okay at least for now so we've got the the dillos are armadillos, the garsh are thorny devils, and the skicked are large beetles. Mm-hmm. Let's get into mounts. I'm with Doug on his idea. What was it? I don't even know if it was originally my idea. Dogs, but yeah, dogs. Riding dogs. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like uh, canids. Um, doesn't have to but, literally be, but less know. wolfy, more doggy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because well, they're domesticated. <clears throat> yeah, you know? and like the idea. Oh, what if what if they're like giant basset hounds? I'm thinking like because they because they they're like known for how well they track. Yeah, yeah. They could always or, or find like their way hounds. home. Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking, uh, what are the racing dogs? Greyhounds. 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 Ground, yeah. Just big greyhounds. Well, we like, can make it... This is a million, billion years yeah. in the future. We can make it any type of mixed yeah. thing that we want. But four marshals riding giant basset hounds. Giant bloodhounds. Yeah, bloodhounds. That makes sense. They would be like all... Uh, like, they'd have tons of skin. If you had a, if you had a horse mm-hmm. that could do all the things a dog could do... It'd be the most amazing yeah, animal. It, it, yeah, it'd be the most amazing thing in the world. So you Horses know. are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah, we're going to lose some listeners here. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. If, you had a, if you had a horse, a horse-sized dog that you could pet... Have some it fetch shit for you. So wait, so so every horse in a Disney movie? Yes, yes, yes. Except better because it's mm-hmm. a dog. Because yeah. also fluffy. Yeah, yeah. So so what is what is a hound that's like a bloodhound? I imagine it's it. Maybe well, you can't see its eyes. That you know what Saint Bernard. Ooh, might well, be. Here's better. the thing: yeah. we can have different breeds of dogs for different areas. Are sure. there traditional mount? I mean, there's different breeds yeah. of horses. Yeah, you know, so yeah, but they all look very similar. They do. They do. They look but, more similar than, you have than dogs do. Bloodhounds, greyhounds. But if you just yeah. do a modern day breed that is just scale sized up, that's not interesting yeah. as much. Yeah. I th- well, I think I think it, if we think along the terms of Saint Bernard, where right. It, it, it kind of is good in all climates, right? I mean, yeah. But also, I just like the idea of a big gray because a big greyhound would just be a fun horse looking yeah. thing. Yeah, but you can't take it anywhere. Their skin's so thin, like you, you could can. race them, but that's probably you know. Yeah, but, like but, but there's a million there's, years there's in the sk- future. You do whatever you want. Their skin's so thin, you put it. You put a jacket on them. They ask how they look. You're always like, you look ama- amazing. Well, you that look could be a nobility yeah. thing, like. The riding, nobility is way, way, way because they don't care and yeah. they look regal. Well, yeah. they race them like yeah. So you think like the difference between an Arabian and a Clydesdale, you know, like exactly. yeah. well, granted, it's way smaller than between a Saint Bernard and a Greyhound. Mm-hmm. But um, so I so I was thinking something along the line Saint Bernard where they're known for their tracking capability because we're thinking marshals, right? Like, yeah. what is what would be the most common workhorse dog that you'd pick? It'd probably be a Labrador, <laughs> right? Like something like, like, like that. an Australian yeah. Shepherd or something. Australian Definitely. Shepherd, too smart almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we could we, let's let's go with Australian Shepherd because they're fluffy, mm-hmm. they're fun, they've got cool patterns on their on their yeah. And then you could do like massive, like my old dog Moose, mm-hmm. that Connie Corso. Yeah, I, I love it. Dope. So so we got these giant cannons. Think that the 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 cruise control version of this yeah. mm-hmm. is 
Australian Shepherd. Mm-hmm. It's smart. It can it can obey complex commands like modern dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's reasonably fast, but can't keep up with other Horse. stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. But it's more of a you know like human versus cheetah kind of thing. Yeah. So long distance. So let's think. I'm trying to think of a of just a sound. Nid. Nid. That's just nids. I just makes me think of tyranids. The nids are coming. The yip yips. <laughs> the bow wows. Yippers. <laughs> Barkers. How about like uh, something like barunga? Is that too tribal? <laughs> yeah. So the Japanese, do you know what they say? They 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 write that dogs say it's one w a n. Say wah, wah, wah. Just to make the internet happy, we'll just call them doges. I, I kind of <laughs> like the idea of, of something like Bruce, but like then I was like Brucina, Bru- Brucilio, and I was like, oh, brucellosis is a disease. Bruchia, the br- br- yeah, like or br- brochia, something like that. Bro- brochia is fine. Mm-hmm. Brochia over my knee. Let's do brochia because uh, it's, yeah. it's like, hey, I bought this mount. It's so expensive. It broke you. <laughs> damn but near, also, you just be like, broke you. Uh, nice brook you got there. Let's call them brookies or brooks. Brookie, the full name is Brookie. Because you could say horse or horsey. Yeah, there's it's a Brookie. There's, there's a, the proper term so, is is Brookia. Yeah, and if okay. someone was very proper, they'd be Brookia. But mm-hmm. they're also like, oh, it's a Brookie. Ah, oh, it's your Brook. Ah, got to go feed my Brook. Hold on. Yeah. If you don't like that, change it. God damn it, Max. <laughs> Stop introducing the Chaos. fact that people can do what they want yes. into this game. All right, Brookia are the canids. Let's do okay. What's next? I mean, bugs are an obvious choice. What would the birds ride on the land? Ooh, All right, that's a weird one. Snakes? No, it just looks. Goofy. It would look like the it would look like the it Mexican just, flag. Yeah, it just looks goofy. <laughs> I, and, the, and the reason I sold uh, Max on the the dogs was uh, I said, could you picture anything funnier than a bug man riding a dog? <laughs> 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 but yeah, what would a Crex want to ride? And I don't. I don't know. I think snake is fun. Snake is they're, fun, the, but, but their, right, well, home, their, home, their whole motion Do- dogs is are, dumb for writing. Dogs are good. Man, What's I name love, that lizard I love, that runs on the water? Uh, it's a, that's a frilled lizard. That goofy. I believe it's called the frilled lizard, right? Yeah, the one that, mm-hmm. that likes the Dilophosaurus. It, yeah, it runs on two legs, but but upright. Yeah. Instead, yeah. Of, instead of like a Dilophosaurus. Yeah. So kind of like a tauntaun, but like... You see a lot of YouTube videos of people that are in the side of the road in the desert, and they're like, look, we found one, and as soon as it runs at like you, an, they're like, fuck it, and they just run away, because it's... about like an antelope? Ooh. That could be cool. Like a stag, or an elk, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. something. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, pronghorns. So American pronghorns are the fastest animals in America. I believe that's true, the fastest land animals, because uh, in the Pleistocene epoch, we had a cheetah in -hmm. America that they were running away from. Nothing can catch up with them right now. So we call them antelopes, but they're not antelopes. They're pronghorns or American antelopes. Mm -hmm. So the Crex ride the pronghorns. They're lighter, too. So, you know, that's something. I do kind of like the idea of somebody riding an ostrich, but I feel like the Crex would get offended. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's been done. I, I feel like flightless birds. Have I mean, been done. Uh, Liam had a good point during the break. Chocobos, like because yeah. if humans could ride other primates, they probably oh would. we would we like, totally would. like if you could saddle a gorilla, would you? <laughs> <laughs> the silverback is almost his back's almost flat, man. Yeah, if I could yeah. ride that ga- that thing galloping. I'm saying the woods, I'm saying we'd do it if we yeah. could. Can you imagine traffic? <laughs> like who who would cross you in traffic if you're riding but no, a gorilla? If everyone's riding a gorilla and just traffic would be like road rage. The, the problem is is they're so close to human. Yeah, that you could argue with them, which yeah. is a problem because <laughs> they'll win every argument. Well, no, you could just be like, "I think you should take a right here." Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> no. "He just 
boss, yeah, I'm going to be like, start uh, signing and arguing with you. I'm yeah. going to be late. He's in a mood again. He uh, <laughs> he won't start. <laughs> he's just taking every left. I don't yeah. know. He's he wants to go somewhere. There's I just don't kit, know where. There's a kitten on the side of the road. We had to stop for 30 minutes. Yeah. It's a traffic like eight miles because like a kitten. <laughs> he wouldn't even a let bunch it. of gorilla like yeah, everybody has to get off their gorilla because they're all like hopping over each other's backs to yeah. to, to stare at a kitten and go. <laughs> <laughs> just like you couldn't even put the saddle on him in the morning because he's busy finger painting and he wouldn't stop. <laughs> this is a bad idea. Why do we do this? Why do we get rid of cars? He's finger painting the inside of the garage. <laughs> can't stop him. There's fields of rotting cars. That's we... Now I got to fuck it. I, I, I'm married now. I got to buy a second gorilla. It's just going bad. They don't like each other. <laughs> My goddamn neighbor bought a cat. I haven't been to work in a week. <laughs> also. <laughs> I'm just thinking fucking Amy, the fucking tugging device. Oh, oh, from yeah, Congo? Congo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll never stop talking about Congo. <laughs> Why would we? I don't know. I came to a realization that I only like bad things. <laughs> so, a uh, prong, pronghorn, uh, call him like, uh... Some with a Z. You want to throw some Z shit? In oh, there? now you want to go with the fucking Z? Hey, we're on to we're on to we're on to bird mounts. Zonda, zillion, Zonda. Zonda's, Zonda's yeah. done. Yeah. Zonda's got a nice sound to it. All right, decided. We got the Bruchia, the Zonda. All right, let's think of another one. Do we want lizards? Do we want? So what, we. Well, what would the fraud ride? Oh, I was. Thinking, I would say, what would the fraud? Like, what's uh, wrong with my voice? What would a what crocodile would ride? I don't think they. I mean, they're they're big. They're tough. They're armored. What What do they need to ride something for? Just when they're tired? No, they just snakes. Okay, first of all. No, I do like the idea of a snake. <laughs> no, I just, just hate picture it. A crocodile man just laying flat Dude. on a snake, and it just takes off, and he's wiggling. One, one, and he's just hissing in delight. The, the length of them compared of, to their motion hey, is crazy. Out of all of the sentient races that we have, the one that would be most comfortable riding a snake would be Thorod. I agree with that, but just, riding a snake you ride is on just their head, fucking dumb. You ride on their head. I, you're the only one who thinks it's dumb. Like, is it dumb to ride on Shai Hulud? No, that's fucking awesome. But also, they're huge. What if it's more like a chariot system? Like you got a snake on it. That pulls? Like yeah. Several snakes pull you? Yeah. Just think, all right. I'm just saying, all right. <laughs> the image is more Doug, ridiculous. Doug, yeah. I do have a, yeah. like, Doug, Josh, putting, I have a question for you. Instead of putting a saddle on a snake's head you and riding it. Several snakes tied I'm just saying. To, all right. to a chariot. So, they're all regular size. So this, this snake is large enough that you can saddle its head. Uh-huh. Now compare just like any length of a snake... So the head would have to be large enough to ride. That snake would be like God, size of this table. Four, no, forty feet long. I think that's fine. That's fun. No, that's the desert. Awful. The desert is large. What about an elephant shrew? That's kind of cool. If we're talking desert, right? Yeah, yeah. that could be fun. Or like the little, uh, like the what do they call it? The golden mole is the one that burrows. Interesting. I was thinking elephant shrew because I watched a documentary on them. This is basically how or everything. Scarab would be mm-hmm. tight. Yeah. I was just thinking everything in this game is based on documentaries all of us have watched. Yeah. The elephant shrew does that what does that howl at night just, just Yeah, like, but they also they out. also create lanes. <laughs> they also create lanes and like specific paths like through grass and the desert and stuff like that so that if they start getting chased they know the entire route of this maze they've created that mm. they run at full speed. Dope. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Do that? So yeah. yeah. All right. So what do we call them? Uh, I wanted to call them Rickies, but that's too much like a mongoose because I feel like that'd be a good enemy. Yeah. Like, oh, the Rickies are coming. Hmm. And, it, yeah, and it's just... just... <laughs> Snootlers. It's just it's just uh, man, a mongoose the size of a tiger would be fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be horrendous. I would take the tiger, I think. Yeah. I think an otter the size of a tiger would probably scare oh, me. Yeah. It would also it be, be scary. Equally as scary. But there are lots of things that if they were the size of a tiger, they would <laughs> yeah. be very scary. Yeah. So we decided upon elephant true. Yes. yes definitely okay. elephant true. And they're right. called the Pash Pash. Done. I like that. But what does the rod ride? Like, what's their amount of choice? The elephant tree. Elephant tree. The elephant tree? Yeah. yeah. They're desert animals. Yeah. They ride the pash because they're very fast, keep their nose down, and they create their own lanes. Like, you got to travel the pash lanes through the desert. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's what the, the nomads lane? would travel, the pash lanes. Here's the thing about elephant trees. They're very meticulous about the cleanliness of their roots. They patrol them, and, like, if there's a spare rock that's in there, they, they kick it out of the way. Because at speed, they need to take these corners very fast. Mm. So the idea that, like, maybe they don't so much cultivate the pash as they do, like, earn their trust. Like, you can put kid rods on them, and they're like, yeah, just take the pash lanes. But you can't take a pash anywhere else. Like, you can't be like, okay, well, I'm going to hop on my pash. We're going to go. We're going to cross the desert and go into the woods. Like, no. Yeah. You like, just... you wouldn't take a camel to Alaska, you know? It's like... Well, there, there are cold-weather camels. Yeah, but, sure, but not, not but, the kind that but, we're but, talking about. Well, the difference is not climate. Based. It's based on the fact roots. that the, that, they, that the roots are established. It's like uh, the pash is almost like using a slot car. Like it's got roots that are baked right, in, and you can right, only right. take those roots. But they're off-road pash, but they are very rare, and they are hard to train. And they are, yeah, they're just very willful yes. comparatively. Maybe it's a female-male thing. Huh? The females maintain the roots, mm-hmm. and you take them when the path is known. And people can make the pash establish new roots. By, like, putting down things. You have to, like, recreate their kind of root. But then it's like like when you are trying to bring – well, we talked about ant farms earlier. Like, with ants, like, 
you're going to take them out of this element like all right we're going to establish a new trade route uh we're going to make a new pass route so we're, we're going to like start making it we're going to smooth it out we're going to move as many rocks as we can sort of acclimatize them to it like when you take a goldfish home from the yeah. from the fair mm-hmm. and you got to put it in the water let it adapt or whatever and then it'll find its own way kind of thing maybe you can maybe you use the so, mail pass to do it like you to, yeah. to bro- yeah to to cross the but, them but maybe their their but ratio it, of female to male is like four to one yeah. Or, or even like this is can can be like a silverback gorilla kind of deal where like only only a certain percentage of males even so it's like one in ten males is is an is an off road pash a nomad or, nomadic pash yeah. yeah yeah but if you control the pash and now and that's why that's there aren't that many money. nomads so like they just have a control of this this small population right they they have they, like nobody else has figured out but they've got the way to attract the the nomadic pash yeah. and you buy them from from the uh, that would work because. Then that's like established trade routes, like yeah, yeah. like you could get we a patch pretty pretty that. easy. But if you want the nomadic patch, then you got to cough up that. that yeah. That's like that's yeah. like getting a stallion where you're like, all maybe, right, maybe you you cannot own female patch. You cannot at all. Mm-hmm. But all of them, they they take very careful count of who like of of the female patch when they're born. They try to acclimate them. To, and they're just going through the paths, cleaning yeah, shit up. But they've all been trained to take riders. Esmond Trad would have a, uh, he'd be down with some nomadic patch. Yeah. I grew up with the well. Patch. I mean, they can only trade take right. They're all kind of kind of domesticated, but anyway. they're just like taxis. Yeah, at that point. Well, it's more like uh, bus routes. It, yeah, bus routes, or I was going to say the uh, trains. The train. Yeah, they, they've got they've got routes. They maintain them. Taking a nomadic patch and and doing the legwork to ex- expand the route is like somebody building a new railroad. Li- yeah, a new yeah. a new line uh, branching off onto it. That's a campaign in and of itself. Yeah, some- that, shit. That actually sounds. That sounds fun. Like you got to be you got to be trailblazer. Make the trade route between. Oh, these two it would things. just be called trailblazer. It'd be yeah. so good, Doug. Yeah. That's your campaign. Maybe it is now. I mean, I had an if idea. You, but if you <laughs> if you like that idea, take it because yeah. that sounds fun. Uh, if that happens, I'm making another. I'm making another trod. Yeah, they're a big family. All right, I like this. So we've got the mounts. Okay, so the beasts of burden so far. We've got the dillos, the garsh, the skicked, which are armadillos, thorny devils, and large beetles. And the mounts, we've got the bruchio, the zonda, and the pash. So canids, pronghorns, and elephant shrews. Uh-huh. The one we talked about the least, obviously, is the pronghorn, which, which are uh, ungulate. It reminds me of the noise an elk makes. Yeah, well, the, the trumpeting. Have you heard mm-hmm. that shit? That's crazy. Bugling, they call it. Sorry. Yeah. So maybe pro- maybe the zonda bugle. That could be cool. So they're they're an ungulate, much like other ungulates. They probably have an extended rut. Good deal. This and and the 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 birds and the bats probably deal with different versions of the zonda. Oh, what we mean by by rut. What has begun? The rut is their mating season. Oh, okay. So generally you want a female in the mating season to ride, I would imagine, because yes, the males, the males go fucking crazy. They grow they grow horns. They'll fight each other. They'll pee in their own mouth, gargle it, and then scream to get the to get the scent out to make the women enter uh, estrus. How, how the fuck do you pee in your own mouth and they have gargle huge, it? They have giant cocks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doug? It's not as hard as you think. Okay. <laughs> I, so, I, oh, Liam, you don't have to show us. You can stop. Just put it away. Yeah. That's Liam. Please just back down. <laughs> so I'm gonna play an elk, an elk bugle because I think oh. we can go this direction. The magic of podcast. How the fuck do they figure out? All right, I, my piss stinks, but I gotta get it out <laughs> further. If I piss in my mouth and scream as loud as I can, maybe, just maybe, that'll carry the stink far enough that they'll hear me. We could go kind of that direction mm-hmm. with uh, focus on the majesty 
Of um, the majesty. Of the Zonda. Your majesty. There could be entire... Well, I think the, the nomadic Eshwin, right? The ones that, that kind of resemble the Romani mm-hmm. culture. Maybe focus on that and the seasons and mm-hmm. kind of get into the... Oh, and they're, they, they, the only time they're sedentary during the entire year is during the rut because they just can't... Yeah. Can't move our dudes. Gotta wait it out. So, Cannot so, move our dudes. So all of their holidays take place in that time. Yes. Because they, they're like, okay, this is the festival of such and such. And, and then afterwards we have to, during the Black Audit, we take uh, stock of what we got left. Literally stuck in a rut. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's enough taxonomy for the moment. I do want to talk about, we just wrapped Liam's campaign, Agnes's Ashes. Boosh. Uh, and, and for the listeners, that'll be a little while from now. But listeners are already familiar with our characters that we had. And we have some thoughts before we enter Max's campaign about our characters and what it means for the larger game's context. But Doug, specifically, mm-hmm. how did you feel about Grandin? Well, Grandin, who was core Citadel, Step 1 Citadel, and Step 1 Champion... And he got that because he was Tolden, right? Yes, he was Tolden, okay. yeah, yeah. I was really confident with the build. Like, I was like, okay, these numbers make sense. Like, I'm this, this, I feel really strong about this. And I had in my head, like, how I was going to play him, how I was going to use him on the grid, and, and it, it all made perfect sense when I sat down. In practice, it went very different. Now, to be fair, had nothing to do with Liam as, as, as DMing it, and it had nothing to do with the, the mechanics that are built in. Uh, I rolled really poorly for the first two, for the first two episodes. Interesting. So, uh, but rolling really poorly wasn't it sort of highlighted the problem and it may not be as common for other people but my the the biggest concern that i had was having the reach weapon it didn't really feel like a real spear to me because it had a goldilocks zone and you were either too far away too close or just right and that's it in my experience that's how spears are and that and that's fine but here here's where the realism didn't quite match up because for example uh if you're in real life you're the romans and you have spear and shield and people start to run up to you you can start stabbing them and there's probably a good chance they say i don't want to go right up to that shield so why do you say that well i think you have to you have to get up close to beat them eventually is the idea especially if you have a sword you're gonna have to get in closer you're gonna die yeah but i think the the whole idea of having a reach weapon is to keep someone away so for me, the reach weapon didn't keep anybody away, like the entire time. We were mostly fighting mindless beasts and stuff like that, so who just didn't know or didn't give a shit mm-hmm. and just sort of threw themselves at me. So very rarely was I ever in a position where I moved up into a place, the person was the right amount away from me, and I got to try to even strike. Most of the time, people were running at me, and they ran right through my strike zone, right up to me where I had to... Invoking uh, an attack. Invoking an attack, but it wasn't even my main... I couldn't do any of my moves using the spear. Right. So I would always have to say, well, all right, I guess I'm dropping the spear, and then going to my sword, and that would just take up another action. That's interesting. I think... um, I hadn't thought about that, but I think think actually you're right. Because I think if you actually hit somebody with your spear on an an opportunity attack... Yeah. the point is to stop their movement. And they just would continue. Like, that right. was the thing. It's like, I stabbed them. The, yeah, like, because in my head... And, and let's say they took damage. Right. Like, in but my, they still made it inside. Right. In my head, I'm thinking, here's someone running at me. They're coming into my area of effect, basically. They're coming into my spot. So I'm going to... Oh, opportunity attack. I stab them. I succeed in stabbing them. And they just keep running on my spear into me. Is kind of how it felt. And it wouldn't yeah. make sense for me just to go stick and then pull it back out. My job is to keep them away from me. So do you think that if we made it so that... 
opportunity attacks with reach weapons can can prevent somebody if if they hit can prevent somebody from moving inside maybe because because um, it makes sense so let's say somebody's at that distance right yeah but then disengages in to the inside i feel like that's more i would expect that to happen but if right. they're just coming at you right your spear should be able to tag them and stop them yeah i would uh, like yeah if i if they're running at me full force and i'm like locked in like a one-man phalanx ready to go mm-hmm. and then they i get an opportunity of attack and i hit them why are they still able to come right up to me and make that weapon immediately useless? No. No what? No. Come on. Well, the, the the only reason why the phalanx is effective is because you can make multiple strikes against a single target coming at you at sure. the same time. And there's strikes coming from behind you. And it's already a thing where, like, the spear is good. It succeeds mostly as an offensive weapon. And, it's, and it works as a rolling offensive weapon in a phalanx because you have so many people at your back and at your sides and you can defend yourself. You're, you're talking, but it's also but it's right. also a single thrust weapon. Right, right, right. So when you when you tag someone, you're not going through their gut. You're like slashing. No, them. sure, sure. But you're still talking real world. I'm talking about as far as like tokens on the grid. Yeah, there was no mechanical. There was no mechanical advantage other than I could hit you earlier. Yeah, and but that but that gave no advantage to me. Like, uh, well, okay, that's not true. Because you threaten a much larger area, but that that didn't change the way anybody attacked me. It did, it, it because because the way yes. that they come in and the and and what it means to step through any given space changes. You got an opportunity attack which you would not have had otherwise. Yeah, and it's always a situation where you can you, always you, you, you can always disengage back. They have to incur an attack of opportunity unless they disengage again to get. Yeah, so so the the reason why it's not true, Doug, is if you had just used your sword instead of a reach weapon, you would have gotten zero opportunity attacks instead of a ton every time somebody moved through that space. Because entering the space that is adjacent to you does not provoke. Entering a, moving through a space that you threaten to get close to you invokes. And like I said, I did roll so poorly for most of it that it didn't matter. Like right. like when when someone you know I had an opportunity attack and I just I just whiffed it. Then I mean, I, but that's just the dice. That's not sure, that's not sure. the, the mechanics of it. But for me, it just got to a point where I was like, man, I am whiffing a lot. I may as well just have my sword ready because every time someone goes past my 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 zone of where I can hit them, I have to drop my spear. Otherwise, I'm literally useless. Mm-hmm. And then pick up pick up my sword. Or now, now to be fair, that was true historically. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. But but I do I, I do agree that if you hit somebody with a lance or the end of a, a bardiche or, or, or a, a halberd right if you do it does stop them for that attack right. like if they're if they're running in and you tag them once they're going to get an opportunity to try to go around it but right. in that moment you did stop them well like uh the other the and that ties into the other thing which was whatever plan i had for like trying to help control the battlefield or like i'm going to make this spot unmovable i want to take advantage of some of my scenes or dailies or whatever Mm -hmm. i didn't really get that chance until we were fighting uh because we had like a bottleneck that i could be like okay that's the spot that no one moves through or i'm gonna i'm gonna stay behind the door and use my reach weapon finally to do to do some damage but anytime there was a point where i could either be surrounded or there was like a large open space my only recourse would be to disengage back one and now Mm -hmm. i'm like i feel like i'm retreating constantly just so i can get a chance to hit somebody because as soon as I drop my spear and then I go back to my sword, it's like, why did I even bring the spear if I'm just going to stand my ground here? It's it's funny that you have – it's not funny, but it, it's interesting to hear this perspective. Because yeah. because from everybody else's perspective, you might have been the most effective character. Yeah. He, well, that's, I think that was a lot, of do, lot to do because of my armor. No, no, no I, I mean because of this reason. Because the fact that you threaten such a large space 
and that people have to contend with you before even engaging you. The idea that if they invoke an opportunity attack, there are severe consequences whether you hit or miss. And it's not a mystery. Mm-hmm. Like some sort of visual component happens for enemies where they're aware of everything being done to them and like everything that threatens them. Uh, unless it's like a spell you haven't cast yet, if that makes sense. So what's interesting is like from my perspective, I'm like Doug is controlling everything and being very effective. Didn't feel like it. I, 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 I felt I felt I was completely at the mercy of whatever was running at me, and that if it's running at me, I have to get out of its way. I felt very much out of control, and that I had to always respond to the last thing that hit me. That's very interesting. That and, is interesting because on playing opposed to you, especially in the 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 animal cage fight, you wrapped up at least half the combatants for more than half the combat. Yeah, you shut entire areas down just by just down. choosing to move there. I totally can see how numbers numbers way that that makes total sense. I mean sense. on the board. Or, no, yeah, well, well, so, so Liam means like, yeah. how do I make this combat relevant right. if Doug is here? It, it's interesting to feel like you didn't feel validated in that because like from my perspective, I was playing as Frix. I was right behind you the entire time. I was like, thank right. God he's yeah. here. Like, I, was like, so, I, I had to go straight forward through you Looping around, you'd have to take way too much space because of your reach. Right. Missing opportunity attacks or hitting with opportunity attacks sucks. I, I, I just felt like I felt more like an NPC in combat in the sense that none of my choices were my choices. It was always a response to uh, it's, it, was, it was like a king in check. Like every time someone came at me, I'd have to move or every I'd have to disengage. I was I was always responding and never proactive. And now I realize that I had an area of effect around me that affected yeah. everyone else's game. Yeah. But on the player side, I don't. I wouldn't have called it fun <laughs> because it was just. And 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 that's not a dig. At, and and it, but this is not about how anybody else played the game. This is not about how how it was run. This is not about any of that. It was just a matter of I built this character with these stats, saying I can help control the the battlefield because I can do this skill or I can do this daily ability. And in order for me to do any of that, the conditions had to be exactly right. And then when I did get in those exact right moments, I somehow maneuvered myself and do a thing. I would roll and then I would whiff. And I'd be like, this entire encounter, while we may have won and it may have been fun for everybody, I felt like all I did was move my guy one space in a, in a giant circle. And I didn't feel engaged in the combat. I felt very responsive mm-hmm. to it, like reactionary to it, as opposed to engaged in it. So opportunity attacks and 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 threatening areas while being a bulwark is kind of central to the idea of citadel right mm-hmm. I, th- I think there might be a couple minor changes to make where you feel like you have more agency in those moments maybe and i think uh the because right now the only real advantage about the spear versus why uh, if like if i if you asked me to play this same character again i'd probably say i'll just ditch this the, the spear that is crazy i know that and it insane. sounds crazy because but the only advantage that it gave me that i actually felt like oh that actually came up to my favor was that it was a piercing weapon so if i critted on a one i i, I critted with my with my spear whereas with the sword it's almost like I feel like I could maneuver better and move like oh, I, for sure. Like I know where I can move, whereas now everything had to be like like I was either always too close or always too far away. I was never this might comfortable. be this might be a, a value issue because in in my space in my headspace. So I as Frixa, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, I mean, I could attack at range with you know abilities that I have and stuff like that. But I was thinking the whole time, I'm jealous of how good your character is. <laughs> And because, the numbers, it don't make sense. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I only think, I, I think in those terms when mm. I'm playing, especially a support class like a tank. Like, I think I want to get in here and threaten this area just so that it frustrates the enemy. Right. Period. Like, right. That, that, like that's where it begins and ends. But, like, would just having the ability to 
let's say if you land an opportunity attack, if you could stop their movement but deal half damage, Maybe. if you could choose to do that, just that, like if you land the opportunity attack, they try to move through your through the space that you threatened to get closer to you, and you hit with the opportunity attack that they provoked. You deal half damage, but their movement ends. That, um, that might be a possible solution. I, I don't. I don't have a solution. Okay. <laughs> it's really. It was really just the observation that I had a ring around me, and only when things were in that ring did I feel like I had a chance. And every time they were either past that ring or just outside that ring, I felt pretty useless. And I know that me being there caused you guys able. Like, like if I whiffed on something, like an opportunity attack, suddenly it's like, oh, now you get a chance. Now you get a chance. And because of my character mm-hmm. being stat that way, it did a shit ton of damage and was super valuable. But as a player, I was very unengaged in in, in most of the fighting. I think that's that's kind of the build of that character. Like Kelton would get up into someone's mm. face, and he wasn't doing much. He had take the shot, but that, he was I, just I think there the difference to... is take the shot, though. Yeah, take you the shot is different. Gave me that, shot. yeah. Because having played with, like, with Liam as a DM before, I'm, like, looking at these encounters going, this is fun. Why am I not having as much fun as I think I should be having? Probably because you went champion instead of something else, mm-hmm. right? I think, I think champion, because you thought of your character as somebody who deals damage. But also, I wanted to be able to take the damage and be like, get behind me. Like, you know, like, let me run in there. You were very good at that. Well, once once I got into a position where I'm like, okay, literally get behind me because now we have this guy in the doorway. I That was what, dude, I, that fucking encounter was amazing for me. Yeah. And it wasn't because it's like, well, now I'm showing off. It was more of like, I'm controlling whether this guy moves through and I'm, and I'm protecting the people behind me. And with my reach weapon, I'm getting these dogs as they come through. That was like, I felt really useful during, during that entire thing. But anytime we were outside and I could be focusing on an enemy over here and then this thing just flanks me and there's just nothing i can do about it mm-hmm. and now now that immediately this thing has flanked me my spirit feels like it's useless now so i have to spend yeah. a move action or disengage and when i'm disengaging now i'm falling back to a place i don't even want to be only so that this person or this this enemy can be in that goldilocks zone only for the next round because they're going to keep charging me anyway so all i'm doing is constantly receding across the battlefield making a trail backwards hoping that i can just land the hit this round because i know they're going to keep coming at me and that's not an invalid perspective i think people may feel frustrated by that but i gotta tell you as the squishiest person on our team i counted on your character doing that like and I, 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 could, ran... I could do the same build again just with a different weapon or or See, and, and that's that's what's crazy to me is uh-huh. i think yours was the best yes. possible setup or i would lose the shield and go two-handed on the spear which is what galen did yes right which was useful only she already had a tank involved where like if she had been pure tank well, she was she was Krex step uh, core citadel yes. step one champion because yes. because the damage on my spear if I'm doing the spear one-handed, it's the same damage as a sword. Correct. So at that point, I'm like, well, if you're up in my face and I need to drop this thing, I may as well just stick with a sword. But if I drop my shield and went two-handed on the spear, I can do an amazing, do way more, way more damage. Yeah, but you lose two armor, which it might be worth it. I mean, and, and like in, only, in that case, only on again on the opposite side of the numbers and the just the amount of tangle you were the like the fact that you were literally a shield is. I mean, I, and I, I can see that's super valuable I, and super. I can, I, dude, from I, every I other almost, perspective. I almost just think this is this is a a, a play style that you don't enjoy because what and you're that, describing, to, yeah, yeah, what you're describing, the reactionary tactics, the having to to give ground to to save your allies. That's a, what I think of Citadel when I think of a defensive character. When I think of then why what do we I, were trying sure, to build? Sure, that's it. But then why do I even have? 
like, why do I even have a spear at that point? I feel, For a first strike. I feel like you could, like, drop a pillar of flame that is that is napalm that does it could do the exact same thing. The, the, the reason is for the same reason that the Romans had a spear wall behind that and a gladius. The, the reason is that it's going to slow— they can keep advancing while it slows— their enemy trying to get in. I and couldn't advance though. No, no. <laughs> so, so well, you're 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 thinking of it ter- in terms of they've already engaged you. Mm-hmm. It deters engagement, and then the moment they do engage you, you get one free hit. And if they get inside, you're like, oh well, no problem. I've got all this armor, and I'm just going to stab you with my it sword. It didn't feel like it deterred any engagement though. It, it absolutely did. I think I think the problem is Liam didn't tell you that like so in the moment he wasn't like oh he's going to try to come in, but there's that spear and no he, he did so, like what during during. Thing and the wolves were there. Then they, they're like, "Fuck!" Like there was, so, so you know, yeah. He had to be more vocal about yeah, it then. But yeah, a hundred percent, it deterred engagement. Like it, it, it deterred, it deterred engagement against Frixa, who doesn't have a shield. <laughs> yeah, you didn't feel it, which is a problem, right? Like that's right. That's a, and, and I'm and I'm open to like because I've done support class characters. I've done like the stealth stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've done. I've been a tank when I was in well in your campaign, and like I get it, but I don't for whatever for whatever reason. And and I think I think there's something to it because as soon as we were in that one place and it was not I didn't like suddenly start rolling gold every time, I felt that I made a plan and followed through. Yeah. Whereas every other fight before, whenever we were outside in a large and it was only in open areas. Anytime we were in a closed area, I felt like I had more agency. Yeah, I was like that is definitely where you shine. But it, the 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 fight where you really mattered the most was the pit fight. Without any question. With all the cages. Without any question. If you had less armor, if you had less HP, if you threatened less of an area, those turtles would have ran through everything. Like, you kept kept them them literally on half the map. I can totally see that, and I can totally agree, but does that make it fun? No. That's that's the but, thing, but but it also might be what you value. You like maybe maybe the playstyle is a mismatch for you. And that, and I can and I can under, I can totally like concede to that. But it just seemed strange that when even looking out on the paper, I'm going, I can't fucking wait to tear into this. And instead, I felt like I was just sort of standing there for most of the time. See, I, I'm interested to see how Liam feels about this because th- this is much more my speed of where I enjoy is is two step citadel, one step command, mm-hmm. where I don't care. Like I'm gonna like yeah I have to give ground but you, as I do hey you over here you hit this guy but I didn't I didn't have any of that it's me just floating around the battlefield and everyone says you're doing a great job and I go I haven't landed a single hit this time <laughs> like I I'm not I don't well, I, but you, you shut in, off entire wings yeah, of enemy advance which is also in in defense of, of the character you made for like not being able to hit that was in your stats mm-hmm. and that benefited all of your citadel abilities mm-hmm. was a huge decline. To your champion. Yeah. I feel like champion, for the style of play that you enjoy, was the wrong choice. Right? Like, if you'd gone... I'm trying to think the, what... This is, this is why I'm so torn on it, because half of it, I really enjoyed. Like, half of our combat, I really enjoyed. And then other ones, it was like the entire time I felt like, I'm not, I'm, I'm useless, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, you weren't built correctly to be a champion, step one. I don't think. If that makes no. sense. Like, if, even if you'd pick something like Ice, step one. That, that blast would have been way more. It useful. would have been closer to your what you like. You know what I mean? Because you would actually be filling that area with things. You could have also f- like or zealotry. Had, zealotry had would have picked an shit. area. Ice blast. They've been slowed. They have to come at you slower. You'd be able to maintain that distance more. 
That, that's a, there's something to that to say, to say that as well. Yeah. I just think this, this like specific not, not being able to use helmet splitter or overwhelming yeah. strike to really do much. Yeah, yeah. You the, did this, you this, did the most damage on missed opportunity attacks, right? <laughs> but that and but that's not fun to but say. That is for me. Say, that's super for, fun for, for me to say. Here I go. I completely missed, and then all my other friends hit him. I go. Oh, yay team! Like it's not it. It doesn't engage me as much. You know oh, what I'm yeah, and that I think that's you. That, yeah, because for me, that would be that, I would, that would be so satisfying. The idea that more damage is done on my turn than anyone else's turn, no matter how I built that machine, I would love it. I mean, yeah, it's just, but it start after a while, and granted, because I was rolling really terribly. But this is not a, this. By the way, this is not a criticism. No, no, no I know. It's just yeah, saying, yeah. like, like, but we, it start, we understand. I, I started to different. feel like, like, uh, like, what's his, what's his face from uh, Kung Pao? Where it's like we trained him wrong as a joke. Yeah. Where it's like <laughs> you're, 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 they literally, and I, I didn't take offense to it or anything at the time. But every time we run the table, oh, I hope Doug misses. Yeah, and it's like I don't, I don't want to miss though. I don't play this game to miss. Like I play this it, game it, to it, hit. It's funny like, because on my turn. I said the exact same thing. Yeah, right. I'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I, I hope, hope I miss. I hope I miss." And yeah. then I do, and I'm like, "Yes!" I get yeah. so excited. No, I agree. I I, I I do understand where you're coming from on this, and I, I do think it's a mismatch in play style because yeah. that that's like that's my number one. Like, if 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 I had my go to, I would just go core command, step one. I'd just go command all the way, and they'd just be like, "You guys get it. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut down this. I'm gonna prevent this enemy from doing that, so you guys can get extra attacks and stuff." Like, I I love that shit. Yeah, Kelton would have been so much different without take the shot. If yeah. I hadn't yeah. had that ability to just be in somebody's face and let everyone else do something, that was a lot of fun. But, but you didn't have that yeah. same. Here's here's the thing. So, Doug, we played uh, in Liam's campaign in, in D&D 4th Edition where I played a warlord and you played a rogue. Yeah. And I gave you take the shot all the time. Yeah. Now, if we sw- swap seats uh-huh. in that, would you have had fun as my character? I definitely think so. Really? Yeah. So what's different about that? I am neither ranged nor up close. I am this weird middle ground where I'm not effective too close. I'm not effective far away. And if I miss my one shot, that's it. So that was, by the way, that was true of my warlord. I used a reach weapon. It was the same problem. But I don't, but, but I don't have the ability to tell someone to take the shot, or at least not with the build that I made. Right. Like, I don't have the ability to control anything or anybody else. All I got is my spear. At least not, not in a way that you value. Or, I suppose, or, or that, that you find fun, but that, but that's why, that's why I'm so torn on what is it? Is it me? Because I don't think it's the build. Because everything makes sense number wise, and I know it's not the way Liam built the encounter. But something about half of the encounters, I just was like, this is not. I don't. I don't. I'm not feeling it. And then the other half of the encounters, I'm like, this is fucking great. Like I, I, think, I think part of this might be ameliorated by the changes to the dice to, by introducing the dice to your system. That that actually might solve a lot of it. I have to take we look at where so, I was. So for instance, Liam, you're not champion anything. You're champion one, right? Uh, I'm currently playing I'm going to be playing uh, as, as core champion, step 1 champion and step 1 scale. Okay. Can I see your sheet? Absolutely. So your rapier does the same you're using a rapier? Yes. Your rapier does the same damage as a spear one-handed. Mm-hmm. The difference is what was what was granted strength to? I think so. The uh, the damage was just a D6. Right. But yeah, it, yeah okay. So well, it's tier two damage, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So let's just talk about the dice. So say you hit, uh-huh. okay? Um, you do helmet splitter. Which I couldn't with a spear, but... Right. It increases your dice tier by 25, I believe. So the difference is, if you do helmet splitter, it tripled your damage before, right? Which is 3D6 mm-hmm. plus 3, right? If that's the strength, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so 3D6 plus 3. All right. In the new dice tier system, helmet splitter with your one-handed spear would have done two d twelve plus a d eight. 
That may make the difference so that when you finally do hit with that, 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 that does seem to be something. I think it's even a conversation of if you're going core citadel, step one citadel, if you're thinking about damage, you're playing the wrong character. You're you're art, you're automatically setting yourself up to be dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. And then 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 the combination of of what I had, which was the champion citadel mix. It's like champion had a lot of aggressive stuff yeah. for yeah. me to use, extremely aggressive. But if I'm core citadel, then you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. what then then who am yeah. I? You know, am I the guy who, yeah. who who takes the hits and lays back, or am I the guy that uses the champion like calling the, calling out my target? Yeah, because I, I that would have been useless for me, you know. Well, but then like look at Galen used a two handed spear, right? Right. So like so, that's what I'm saying. If I yeah. drop the shield and go two handed, it may have been a totally but, different game for me. You would have been a completely different character. Yeah, but yeah. she, and, she and wasn't. Liam, she Liam wasn't a tank, right? Liam would have treated everything you know, very differently. You know what? A possible solution might because you're talking about oh, if you do if you do an opportunity attack and you hit him, maybe they won't go forward maybe if it's the sword and shield combo like if there's something about that combo that's different than just using a one-handed spear well what would you have in your other hand like another weapon if you just do if you, if i didn't have a shield and i just did a one-handed spear attack why would i ever do a one-handed spear attack if i, I have if I, I, can't, I can't think of a reason right so i would go two-handed which makes sense and they have you, you get rewarded for that by doing double the damage which double the strength damage. double the strength damage yeah but if the combination of i'm choosing the shield i'm choosing a spear Something like the fact that I have a, the shield in front of me and a spear and they're running straight for me and they're going straight for a shield at the same time. It felt like, well, why do I have both of these if neither one of them dissuade an, a frontal attack? We, we also, by the way, introduced shield bash mechanics. That's that's yeah, after that's the true fact too. Yeah, that yeah. we that we didn't implement in Liam's campaign. That, yes, that it will be active in Max's. Mm-hmm. And and the advantages of having a shield is like you can shut down casting. You can you can do all this right. extra stuff with a shield. Right. Anybody can if they right. if they're just using a shield. Right. That might have made a big difference too. So, so a lot of my problem a lot of my problems are probably already solved. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think you do bring up you do bring up an issue where like you you want to get in and mix it up, and you felt like this is a mismatch. Like at least at least in how it played. And I, I feel like uh, the change to the dice tier system, yeah. you would have felt empowered by that version of Helmet Splitter. I think already by looking at it, just the numbers. Yeah. 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 And the idea that you could have done extra shit with your shield as long as you had a shield in your hand that you couldn't do if you were yeah. just two-handing a spear. That, that's the thing. Because no, like, I think you hit to, to, to the point is that when, it, when an enemy got in to within one hex of me and my spear became useless, the only options I had were disengage or drop my spear. Yeah. So I, that felt like... A restriction on my choices, as opposed to, oh well, like I could, I could disengage, drop my spear, or I could shield bash, or I could do one other thing. Like mm-hmm. having only, like literally only two options. That was where I'm like, all right, back to these two options again. But it also sort of feels like, rather than seeing it as like if if you stop thinking about the the spear as your main weapon, but literally as just a first strike option for your short, sword and shield shield character, you realize mm-hmm. that. The system allows for that extra first strike. Like that's a bonus you couldn't get in other systems. And ha- so, how long? How much of a time did it take for me to drop my spear and then draw the sword? Free action to drop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Swift action to draw. Okay. So n- effectively, no extra time. Mm-hmm. You just got a free attack. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you don't view it that way, it doesn't matter. It just seemed weird to like. I have the spear. They come in there. All right. Now the routine. Drop this pick up this mm-hmm. stabby 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 and then but it's sort of like once the first wave comes i get one hit with a spear so i'm carrying a spear just for the first hit which will do the same amount of damage as if i just stabbed him with my sword and we fought uh, and here's here's another thing that we didn't really deal with we didn't fight any large creatures with reach yeah so let's say we're fighting 
bad guys who can reach into multiple mm-hmm. spaces, you're better off using a reach weapon. Yeah. If that makes sense. Sure. We didn't have to deal with that. So that didn't really feature that much. It may it may sound like I'm complaining more no, than no, no, how no. I actually feel, but it's just that because it's because I'm so puzzled by it because I half the time I was having a freaking blast and the other half I was like I feel completely useless and it was so strange to me to be bouncing back and forth. Does it make that. you feel any better knowing that we felt exactly the opposite? Being it does standing behind you. It does because like because like, or, or, or even just in opposition. We're like yeah, Grandin was especially Grandin and Frixa together were incredibly frustrating. Yeah. And then you put the two... Then he puts the shield on me and all that yeah. shit. That and, was then, when, and then the two marksmen behind you were like, yeah. anytime anything came up to you and they would try to move around you, they would be immediately heinously punished. Yeah, the the idea that... So if if you asked me mechanically for the character of Frixa plus a fire mage plus a marksman, what's the what's the final part of that puzzle? Right. I would have I would have built Grandin. You know, like it, it, it's it was perfect. It was, it was such a perfect setup. But if if that kind of uh, that tank role might not be something that you enjoy, because generally it, I, my, I played as Jeros in your campaign and I loved doing. But it was that. very different. That, that was, was a very that light. was a tank by virtue of you had a bunch of HP. Mm-hmm. That's high what dodge. that's mm-hmm. what they mean by tank in that system. Mm-hmm. Tanks for us are you slow or stop movement. And you just make yourself so annoying where the idea of going after the mages is punished. You have to give up something major to get around you. And you did that job. You were you were hard. You were easy to push back. You were impossible to circumnavigate. I had to deal with, like, anything that was in front you. of you, you have had to, focus, to deal with yeah. you. You have to focus I, on Grandin instead of somebody else. I believe you. I just didn't feel it. Because, <laughs> like, I felt like I had to stay where I was. I couldn't charge in and say, everyone, bad guys, all look at me. Focus on me. I'm here. Fight me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It didn't. It just didn't Yeah, I guess if you were thinking across if, that way. If you were expecting that to be what it was, mm-hmm. I could absolutely see being disappointed. Because he's not very mobile. Right, because like when Slish was in trouble, like getting chased by a giant turtle man, I was like, "I'm going to start moving towards Slish to sort of just cut off that turtle at the pass, and so this way he could get away." I there was no way I'd ever get over there. No, yeah, like, and, and from my perspective, by the way, I'm thinking that's Slish's fault, and he knew that going into it. Like he, like a hundred percent, made his bed on this one. Yeah, I don't, how do you feel about Max? Like you felt probably more that it was your responsibility to get close to him than it was for him to come rescue you. Yes, I definitely. I was more mobile. You were doing what you were supposed to do, right? And you I knew, were. and I knew I wasn't very mobile. But my my instinct was, I built this character to be a literal shield, and only Frix is getting behind me. Yeah, you were the wedge in the door. I was not expecting you to. Yeah, Chucky, Chucky yeah. and Slish definitely ran around a lot in ways I yeah. didn't expect. Like, whereas the only time that Frixa got caught out was literally when he was the one awake on watch. Yeah. And then immediately tried to make his way back behind Grandin. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. every time. Right. I feel like, almost like, I wish you could have played the game from my perspective to see what, what Grandin brought to the table because it was enormous for Frixa. Like, it was huge. I feel I do feel really good knowing that everyone felt that way because I felt I was like, am I even really doing anything? So, like, fighting the the, uh, the Fleshmaker or whatever in there, yeah. like, going up against the wall and shit, I was like, this is, this is, I, I'm, this is what I've been waiting for. Really digging into it. it it's funny because that's where I felt the most limited because it threatens such a large area that mm-hmm. I can't move freely. And when it comes to the things I have to do, I need to be in certain proximities to people to have that's exactly effects. That's exactly what I was trying to say earlier is that I feel like I need to be in a certain spot 
but mm-hmm. I didn't have the choice to go there because as soon as I move too close or too far away, I'm ineffective in an offensive way. Mm-hmm. So I may as well, if, I, if I'm in a, if I have to get into a situation where I'm not focusing on the offensive, I may as well get to where other people are. And the only the person who was there was Frixa. So, yeah. so I, I get it. And because and, he, he was cowering behind you the entire yeah. game. And to and yeah. to clarify, I know a lot of this probably had to do with all of my failed roles in like the first two sure. uh, yeah. combat encounters. I was like, I oh, fuck another god dang. It's like I, I rolled really shittily. It's always more fun when you roll well. And, That's and, true. And, and we have talked about this as well, is that is that Liam may have made everybody's dodge too high. Especially at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's um, something we went into on the design episodes where we talked about yeah, what is your table average, now. Yeah, 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 what is your average chance to hit and what should it be to make things difficult. Um, and, and that's that's just a GM thing. Like, it, you know, you have to play around with your party because... It's just that, it's just that once, once when I kept failing my roles, that's when the things, I, the, the things that bothered me started to surface. But then as soon as I was in a position inside where it's like, okay, now I'm hitting this guy, now I'm hitting this guy, those things went back down again. Oh, the first time you landed in the fight, the first time you landed that strike, I, I, I'm, I can't remember the name, but that blocks off a space. Yes, no, that was, I was yeah, like, that was, yeah, that was, I was game like, changer. I was like, here's where we win yeah. immediately. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's where Liam was like, God damn, yeah, <laughs> I was so pissed. <laughs> that was the best because I remember having to open up that door, and that's when it's just like, all right, the boss is clearly in here, and I'm like. Why go into his area? <laughs> so, so think about this now from um, from Chuki and Slish's perspective. The yeah. two range characters they have to shoot through cover yeah. to hit the enemy because we are we are blocking the shot. Right? They didn't give a shit. They were like, "Great, I'll stand back here and be safe and take a negative four to every roll. I don't yeah. care. This is mm-hmm. great." And they missed a lot as a result, but it's you'd take it. Like, it was worth yeah, it. We I'll, still won. This can go on as many rounds as we need. Like just yeah. <laughs> just keep shooting him. And that and that's where I felt like I was the immovable object, but I chose to be there. Yeah, you know. And then I kept him at bay as opposed to being flank. I could be flanked so easily that whatever plan I had of like ah you will you you shall not pass this corridor. Mm-hmm. But if a trap door opened and I got flanked on that side, then it's like I guess I got to move, and now he can come right on in. Yeah. Or you could draw your sword and just. Sit. The more I'm thinking about it, I mean, we know uh, Citadel, the primary focus of like, it's the reason why we switch. It's one of the primary reasons we switch to Hex instead of yes. s- instead of the square grid right. is, is that how do you make tanks work? Yeah. Like, how do you how do you allow them to control an area? And I, th- I do think it is by shutting down movement. Really? Yeah. Like, like, that's how you do it. Well, I chose it for that one perk because I knew if I had a reach weapon and I can shut down any square within or any hex within my reach. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, we're, we're going to this is going to fucking rock. But when I was outside, it's like I shut. I actually tried it in one of them. I don't remember which encounter it was, but I remember I was like, I'm going to shut down that one. And they just went completely around it because so, we're outside and it didn't. It just yeah. didn't matter. Well, I mean, but, but that, that would be that, true no matter what. Exactly. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, we're outside, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But even in that situation, they have to take an ep- extra step or an sure. extra two steps. Sure. And I think the thing you aren't enjoying is your existence complicates every, like, I, like the, yeah. you, you have, you're immediate, you are immediately reactionary. That right. is true. That is something that we probably do have to work with. But also, on the other side, everyone else is also completely reactionary to you because you warp the game. Like you're a black hole, right? Yeah. If we make it so that all opportunity attack, so any opportunity attack provoked by movement, mm-hmm. you can choose to deal half damage and stop the movement. Yes. Anybody can do this, and the fact that Citadel gets, by the way, something you didn't take advantage of, plus two to all opportunity attacks. Yeah. Um, I did for the first half. Yeah. And after I was like, oh fuck, I'm forgetting to do that. So yeah. I started to do it after that. But yeah. So so that plus unlimited opportunity attacks for being core Citadel. Um, I feel like those those things might be the thing that makes you feel like uh uh-uh. uh 
Yeah. You ain't getting Like, by. if someone's running to go, you know, get Slish over there. And if they got enough room to get all the way around, right. well, fine. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. But if you're going to cross through a threatened, through a threatened hex... I and I and I stick you for an opportunity attack, and you just keep running like nothing ever stopped you. Then it's like, well, yeah, you know, yeah, at least, helped, at least creatures but, that are your size. Yeah, like if you're a giant thing, then sure. Yeah, yeah. you're not gonna your your poke isn't gonna stop. A, a size above, I think, is a good. Yeah, a large creature just be like, ow! But to make that, to, but to make that a citadel perk sounds like I'd be like, I feel like I would have had more options then because it's like, no, I, I, you know, I think I'm, it's I'm, be, I'm, I'm saying make it any any opportunity attack provoked by movement. Mm-hmm. You can choose to deal half damage to stop the movement. It's not specific to any path. That's just the truth of opportunity attacks, just like shield bashes. Mm-hmm. Because the only person who would choose to do that is is Citadel, really. Yeah, any damage dealer would immediately choose damage. Yeah. That's what I had to think. <laughs> no, no, it's it's useful. I mean, for sure. It, it, I'm surprised to hear that because the rest of us were so, like... I, glowing review of Grandin. Like, right. <laughs> just so, I, I, so li- I literally built my character in Max's game because I was like... Man, I want to check out armor. The armor was, was fantastic. frustrating. That, like that was my one bit of solace throughout the entire thing. Was like, oh fuck, it's too close now. I got to fall back, and ah, I'm feeling really limited here. And then I'd be gently reminded every time you'd be like, "Does this number hit, Doug?" And I would go, "Actually, yeah, that hits." And you'd be like, "Great, this much damage." And I go, oh, "Okay." No and you'd be like, "Son of a bitch, I hate you!" Like, no matter what, you couldn't ruffle my feathers. And, and I'm sad that you never got to step two citadel. Oh my god, because you get overrun. Yeah. Which is if somebody hits you and doesn't attack that doesn't that doesn't touch your hit points, you immediately get an opportunity. Oh god damn it, that would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it would <have> been so good. <laughs> oh, I would have felt so good. Yeah. It's a great I, I feel like do that's you, how we build do we, Citadel. Be, be, because you take shielding first, how do we work with that? It says I forgot the exact language, but it's the yeah. idea of like with shielding and armor, damn. if it doesn't get through either Fuck. of them. You 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 get an opportunity attack. And how does shield bash work now? Shield bash is uh, you can use it as an opportunity attack, and if you hit somebody with your shield, you do no damage. But you can if if somebody's casting, you, you can, can hit them, and it will st- it will it will stop whatever they're casting, which is enormous. It's insane. But it doesn't do any movement, or doesn't do any. Does it cancel movement? Well, usually they're not going to be moving. So if you could do an opportunity attack and cancel their movement as part of opportunity attacks, you don't need your shield bash to do that. Well, if the shield, you could only bash them if they're literally adjacent to you. Yes. yes. So when, so unless someone's running adjacent past me, there'd be no way to shield bash. Them. Well, think about this: you run up in a caster's face, uh-huh. and you got a shield equipped, and they're like, "I'm going to cast this daily spell that's right. enormous," and you just bap. Well, with my, and it's expended. But my speed wasn't very because of the armor and stuff. The mm-hmm. chance of me like running across a field to stop somebody didn't seem not in the campaign no. we played. Yeah, but that that is something that will come up a lot because you could also, also is be it like, step three that you no longer get the movement? Yeah, six. All right. Oh damn. All right. Yeah, it's an answer for everything, I guess. <laughs> Citadel gets every step of Citadel is step four is heraldry. Fucking yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Like Citadel is no joke. But yeah, the, the, I, so step one and core are literally just I am an island. Fuck off. So as as it was built, um, I said if I was going to play it as as I built it before, mm-hmm. I would probably change like maybe the main weapon stay or whatever. But with the adjustments that we've already talked about, like with I mean the weapon damage being different and everything else, I would do it again the, exactly as I built it just to see how different it is. Because I think that even those minor changes would make help me feel like mm-hmm. I have. When, when when in those low moments when I felt like I had no options, I know now I have at least two more options. Party composition also would have changed immediately because yeah. there was, you had no other melee fighter. Yeah. 
like n- no core melee fighter. Yeah, sticking that's, to that's that's very true and that too. Do, that also completely changes because the thing is, someone could have gotten directly in your face, and mm-hmm. if you had a if you had a champion scoundrel next to yeah. you, you wouldn't have to hit the guy in your face. Yeah, that guy's dead. Yeah, that guy is dead. That's an excellent point. So so here's a I want I want to get your feelings on this based sure. on the experience that you've had. So we actually had it wrong on the order of what uh, when Citadel gets what. Mm-hmm. So step two Citadel, you get armored dodge, where if you're using a shield and heavy armor, you get plus one to your dodge. That's pretty cool. And you no longer suffer movement penalty for wearing heavy stuff. That's a step two Citadel. Wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, and you get a daily attack called sacrificial dive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. An ally takes damage that reduce them to zero hit points. You move your speed... And you push the ally into an adjacent space, and you occupy the space that they left. The triggering attack hits you instead of them, and you may immediately counterattack. So you take the damage, and you immediately counterattack with something that adds 10 to your weapon tier. God damn. That's it's sacrificial gnarly. Damage. Yeah. I'm just going to go... Course, course Citadel. Citadel, Citadel, Citadel. Just, just, Dude, just get straight, Citadel, like. straight Citadel. Straight Citadel. It should be good. Yeah, works right? works really. It sounds kind, incredible. So that's step two. With heraldry, it's disgusting. Step three is when you get overrun, where you get an attack against anything that doesn't get through your shielding and armor. Damn. And then you get immovable objects, where you spend a move action, and they cannot force you to move. So they can't push you. They can't pick you up. They yeah. can't do anything. Yeah. You spend your move action to brace yourself against See, this, it. This all sounds incredible. And, and I, that's why I, think, I knew that whatever problems I had, it wasn't about... The, the step one or core citadel it wasn't about adding the champion to it it wasn't about that exact combination it had something to do with the options with the weapons that I had and the shield it was mm-hmm. something about like like this didn't like this combination of shield and spear it wasn't it, in my mind it wasn't playing out as good as I thought it would mm-hmm. but you've already answered that stuff and especially if I got up to like step two citadel or step three citadel then it's like then fuck it, I don't even need the sword and shield thing that I thought I needed because I have this awesome ability instead mm-hmm. so that's already pretty much assuaded and then at step four you get heraldry which is yeah, whatever you decide heraldry to be. heraldry is some of my favorite shit we have done at all agreed yeah. it works it works so well mechanically and lore wise for me. All right. Well, I I feel like that's that's enough for tonight. I I, I do appreciate that, Doug. I think we next time we'll get into what Max and Liam thought. Yeah. Uh, so we've we've addressed pretty much all of my concerns, and I feel much better. So okay. <laughs> Great. So, listeners, as always, you can find us on patreon.com slash rpgfs. Please comment on the episodes if you care. And becoming a patron has tons of perks that are really useful, including getting the rule books, uh, listening to everything that gets cut from the episodes that's interesting, and uh, and being able to create your own custom NPCs that are going to make it into the big city that I'm creating for the continuation of Echoes of the Star Crypt. Ooh. It's going to be fun. It, so far, it's it's looking really good. Additionally... If you want to interact with us directly, Patreon is the best way to do it. We we all can comment on it that way, and it's uh, we don't have to deal with you know Facebook destroying our democracy and everything. Our republic, thank you very much. Our democratic republic. Uh, additionally, we are on Facebook.com/RPGFS. You can find us on Twitter at Homebrew Hombres. You can also find us on Instagram at RPG from Scratch, but that's all one word. So thank you everybody for listening, and until next time, stay safe, stand watch, and get a full rest.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.